So I have a question for you. What's the best email marketing platform for creators? It's ConvertKit. It combines powerful automation with an easy to use interface. The heart of their business is their visual automation tool that allows you to deliver the right message to your audience at the right time. They have pre-built landing pages and forms so creating and sending out copy is extremely easy. I personally use it with my business when I'm doing webinars. And you can use it too. Right now we have an exclusive offer for you. ConvertKit is giving you a freemium membership with full access to the landing pages, forms, and email marketing for free, up to 1,000 subscribers. They are one of the only platforms that allows you to add your Facebook pixel to it for free. It allows you to create automation and it allows you to get the ball rolling with your business. And of course, it integrates with Shopify, Wix, Squarespace, Gumroad, and a ton of other platforms. So what you're going to do is you're going to hit the podcast description and click the link there to get you to this freemium account. It's an amazing service, so make sure you try it out, guys. Let me know how it goes for you. I want to know. All right, let's get into the show. We did not come to Atlanta thinking, yo, you're going to meet T.I. Like, no. You know what's funny, bro? So I come to back to work, like, on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And I get on a call with, like, one of the guys at work. He's like, hey, bro, like, how's Atlanta, man? Did you meet T.I.? And then I said, yes, I actually did. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, you got to be fucking kidding me, dude. I'm like, no, I swear I actually did. So I tell them the whole story. And they're, like, yeah. laughing their heads off. Hundred, bro. Ladies and gentlemen, if you already know, this is Hustle Over Everything Podcast. Welcome to the Hustle Over Everything Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and tactics from entrepreneurs who have done it. Today is a recap of Invest Fest. You know, um, over mm-hmm. the last weekend, we we spent uh, we spent it in Atlanta, uh, having a blast. Well, as I like to call it, Atlanta. Oh my God, bro. Guys, Yo, start start saying Atalanta. I'm never shout, saying that. You know, you shout out to get, Paper you Boy. You ass for saying that. You know, saying. you know, bro, you know the way, the reason I got that name is uh, there's a team in Serie A in the Italian league, and there's a team called Atalanta. So when I used to play on random on FIFA, we'll play like Serie A, you know, we'll go to the Premier League. But whenever we go to Italy, there's something we do as like when you're playing your boy, you do Chop Chop Sui. Mm-hmm. So chop chop suey is like you hit the random button. If you don't like it, you hit the random button again. And then the suey, the third one is you actually have to play with that team that you took the third strike on. So I remember like one time I chop chop suey it, and then Atalanta came through. Mm-hmm. So I played with Atalanta. So every time I see Atlanta, I'm just thinking Atalanta. But I add I add like the the emphasis to it. Mm-hmm. The Atalanta sounds so foreign, bro. It's uh, like yeah. a mixture of foreign and, and African in it. Dog. That's I'm like your pops would say Atlanta, man. Like, well, Atalanta. We're going to Atalanta. Really? That's your pops would say? Not, that's not, no, I mean, like, a, a bunch of African people. Like, when they're talking, like, when I hear my aunties, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know if your um, aunties ever do this, but you wake up in the morning, your mom is, like, playing gospel music. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got to take out, like, the cleaning bucket. And they start cleaning and she's talking to like family back home. And then you're coming downstairs and you're just like, your eyes are still full of like sleep mm-hmm. boogers, whatever it is. And then your mom just dashes you the phone to talk to your auntie back home. And it's like 8 a.m. in the morning. You haven't eaten anything. And they're just hyped to hear you talk. Mm-hmm. But you're just like still trying to pick it up. So 
It's like, oh yeah, you know, we went to Atalanta and we just came back with some food and groceries. Father, how are you? <laughs> Otherwise, you know, that's the type of that's that's what you're hearing in the morning, bro. So, shout to moms. You know, gospel tracks cleaning on Saturday mornings, man. Good memories. But yeah, man, Atlanta, Doug. Why, why go ahead and talk to me, bro? Let's recap, man. It, it was that was insane. <clears throat> first things first, like actually getting there was. Uh, well, let's start Friday. Friday. Where do you want to kick it off? All right. Yeah. So first off, getting to America is very easy. You know, um, extremely easy. Yeah. We've been hoodwinked. <laughs> if you think traveling to America is hard, it's not traveling to America that's hard. It's getting back that's the challenge. But we'll mm-hmm. talk about that in a minute. Um. Yeah, getting to America is very, very easy. America is very accepting. They're like, all right, sign mm-hmm. this paper and get in, you know, and you have Bruh, they they didn't even ask us at the gates because, you know, we had our negative tests. I had them in my passport. I was like on edge the whole time. I'm like, okay, where am I going to go through these screening protocols to get on this plane? So we go through the American border of the, of, of the side. We talk to the guy. He's just like, hey, where are you guys going? Uh, who do you represent? We're like Uplift Media. Where you're going, business conference, do you have more than $10,000? If you have anything stuck, we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We line up, we go through security, they take our shoes, laptops out, keys out, everything out. And man, we're boarding on um, Air Canada to go to to uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I looked at you in the chair, I'm like, bruv, they didn't even ask us anything about our negative tests, which was surprising. Mm-hmm. Just, How do you feel about that? They just threw it in. They just said, <laughs> all right, get in, dog. Like, it made, me, it made me realize, like, how strong capitalism is. Like, it made me feel like, oh, they don't, they just care about the money. They don't really care about the well-being of people. Like, that's what it really felt like per, to start. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't really care about none of that. They just said, all right, get in. Come into the States. We, we got you. You know, get in and let's yeah. go. So um, mm-hmm. that was first, man. That was, like, my first question. Uh, how to make you feel personally, bro? I mean, uh, being like coming in and then getting the COVID nineteen uh, antigen test of Shoppers Drug Mart, I was like, okay, boom, we're ready to go. So the one thing that the media does, the media tells you so much about you know the borders locked, you can't fly, you got to show this, you got to show that. So I've been conditioned from hearing so much outside noise, whether it's social media, whether it's the news, that when you're traveling, there's so many like barriers to go through before you enter that plane. So I was ready. I was mentally prepared. I was like, you know what? I woke up. I'm like, you know what? Oh, don't worry. You're good. But just be ready before you board on that plane. There's going to be so much things you got to go through. When I get there, it just felt like a regular flight to, to America. Like that's what it felt like. And I was shocked. I was like, okay, is the media telling us one thing, but the reality of what the actual situation is um, actually false? So I was thinking even coming the way back, we're going to go through the same experience, but we both experienced like the Canadian border is so militant. Yeah, they I was playing. scared. I was looking at you as we're walking out the airport. I was like, man, Al, I, I don't want to get pulled back here in case they, hey, 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 come back, come back. You got to do this. Because uh, we got tested and everything, but we'll get back. We'll get on that later. But I mean, I was um, I was shook. I was shook at how easy it was to go to uh, the states from the Canadian side to like to land there. Facts. Uh. <laughs> ah, 
Bless up. Um, once we got there, though, it was it was pretty um, relatively easy to get around, um, mm-hmm. get to specific places. We got a car relatively easily. Um, so just for anybody that's thinking about traveling in the U.S. during the Panini, there there is panorama. There is uh, it's relatively easy to get travel and, and get around. We rented a car from Enterprise, no problem. Um, and made our way made our way over to like our hotel. Smooth check in, you know, no problems, no problems there. Um, we didn't go to the investors on Friday because that was a VIP night and that was mm-hmm. over a thousand dollars just to, to go to like their um, it looks so lit, the, the talk and the jagged edge, um, you know, fabulous performance. But um, we definitely did go on the Saturday to start and that was eventful. But what was your, your, your top like 10 moments from Invest Fest? Not top, top 10, top, top 10, top five. Jeez, man! This yeah, sounds like, like I, a, we're trying to do Sports Center top ten, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <clears throat> let's just say so, top moments actually, like top from moments Saturday, from the whole weekend from, from Saturday, from Saturday. It's not, it's not on from Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Uh, well, it was awesome seeing. First, shout out to Ernie Leisure, Troy Millings, and Rashad Bilal. First, yeah. I gotta give them credit. Facts. So. Guys, the Invest Fest, what it is, it's presented by two podcasters, uh, Troy Millings, as I said, Rashad Bilal. They are from Earn Your Leisure Podcast. They are a podcast that's been popping up for the past couple of years. They have a massive following, and they focus on financial education and teaching people how to make money. And they're focused on really helping the community, the black community and minorities really take their financial game to the next level so they can actually set up their futures uh, their family's futures up correctly so everybody can have generational wealth. So they've really become trailblazers in the community. They're like the voice of finance and uh, they've taken things to the next level. So they set up InvestFest. The InvestFest was held uh, at the Georgia World Congress Center in, in Atlanta. And apparently they did this with a month of planning, which I could not believe. Like one month to pull out something like that. So for our Toronto listeners, I'll compare it to going to the Metro Toronto Convention Center, having that much space, having a section of it dedicated to vendors, and then another state, a part of it dedicated to fireside chats. And then there's like a big audience part of that. And there's about 4,000 people in that room. And then you have your vendors where it's your networking. Bro, it looked so popping from branding to security, to ticketing, to food, to the talks get into my top moments. I think it was just so great just to see the turnaround of like people coming to support them. It was awesome seeing people wearing earn your leisure t-shirts, assets over liabilities. Uh, you know, my boy, Ryan Leslie, we got to hear him speak and you know what his vision is. We're mentoring women. So that was awesome. I know I want, I know coming in, I was like, bro, like this is how the weekend's going to go. I want to talk to Ryan Leslie and you're like, man, it's going to be difficult. It wasn't difficult, but you know, I, I could dream a little bit, but it was awesome just seeing the speakers and the amount of respect everybody had for Troy and Rashad for what they've done. Um, personally for me, uh, we went out to, uh, to the, to the strip, you know, I, I guys, I met TI. Yep. <laughs> I met TI. Oh, you guys, you guys, you guys, when they go there, I, let's, let's get there. No, no, no. Okay. So right. let me, let me wrap it up. Let me wrap it up. My top three moments. So right. top three moments was actually being at the event, seeing what is possible for us because we want to do our events in the near future. Uh, the second thing was 
learning about real estate, the people who they had on real estate and actually talking about how you can actually get started in real estate and hearing their stories. I want to apply that back here in Toronto. So that was awesome. I took a lot of notes from that. The next thing was, I think just being in Atlanta, bro, being in the city, being around culture, being around, uh, you know, black people, like, you know, you're going anywhere. You just feel like you're at home. Mm-hmm. Right. So seeing the guys pull this off was awesome because it inspired me learning from the speakers that was on point, especially the real estate segment and being in the city of Atlanta and enjoying all the hot spots. Like we did everything. We went, we, we partied, we went out, we went with your, we chill with your family. We went to the event. Uh, we drove around, we had a car so we could actually see places as we're driving and like taking in the city. So it felt like a full packed weekend of learning festivities and, uh, just interacting with people, bro. So 10 out of 10 weekend for me. No, most definitely. Most definitely. All right. So let's talk about you meeting T.I. Let's get this. Not this hot. <laughs> let's get it in. All right. Let's get so, it in. so break it down for the people from your perspective. I want to hear your perspective first. So guys, you know, so you can't go to uh, Atlanta without going to Magic City. So yeah. we went to Magic City. Uh, Al and I, we, we would take out money. Like we take a stack of ones, you know, we're about to make it rain in the club. And uh, we go in there, we do our thing, you know, we dance, we get like whatever. It's, it's a vibe. It's like, surprisingly, the, the room is small. Yeah, it was but so everybody, small. Was so, so small. Shocked. So when you hear like guys like Drake, like these guys are like Magic City, Future, just imagine a small room with a bunch of girls dancing and making it rain. But it was such a vibe. So we're like, man, you know, we got... We got an event to go to tomorrow morning. We're pretty faded. Alex is tired because he was napping before we even left to go to the venue. So it's becoming like one thirty. You're like, all right, bro, let's cut. So we're like, all right, bro, order the Uber and then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll head there. So in the Magic City parking lot, a black suburban pulls up. I'm like, oh, okay. Like this is just, I mean, everyone in the ATL has a black suburban. So I'm not getting amped over that. This guy walks out in a suit. So I'm like, oh, like, okay, this guy just like, you know, he's come out to have fun, whatever. I didn't pay no mind and I didn't even see him properly. So he turns around and I tell Alex, I'm like, bro, like that's T.I. And then I was like, oh shit, man. And I'm like, ah, bro, let's, let's go talk to him. I was like, nah, 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 nah. I'm like, bro, like, let's just go. It's like, no, 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 no. So I go, I'm like, you know, effort, like if I was not coming with me, I'm doing it because I don't know when I'm back to the city again, and I don't know when I'll have a chance to say what's up to T.I. So I walk over him, the security guards around there, uh, like big, big guys, right? And I start calling T.I. I'm like, T.I., T.I., T.I. And I didn't factor this in, but Alex and the security guards oh, No, 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 no. Give, your, give your perspective. Give your all perspective. All right, all right, all right. Give your perspective. So T.I., T.I. was taking some stuff out of the the, the boot of the, of the, of the car, it looked like some luxury item type of bag. I don't know if it was like Cartier or something like that, but it looked like one of the luxury brands. So he's walking inside to Magic City. He turns, he closes the, the boot, starts walking, and I start trailing behind him. I'm like, T.I., T.I., T.I. He turns around. Hold like, on, did you say the boot? As, you meant the trunk? Well, like, it, so Kenyan, UK, this boot. The boot is the, the trunk, trunk, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so it's, like a, it's another way of calling the boot, right? So okay. he closed the trunk of the car, guys, right. right? 
So he starts walking. I'm like, oh, shit, he's walking. So I start getting loud. I'm like, yo, T.I., T.I., right? And then he turns around. I'm like, who the hell's calling my name, right? And then uh, I forgot what I said, but I'm like, hey, man, just wanted to say what's up. Just wanted to meet you. He's like, ah, so he gives me a firm handshake, looks me dead in the eye, like holds my hand for like maybe four or five seconds. And then he's just like, yo, you have a good night, something like that. So I let him go. I come back around with a security guard and Alex is sitting. <clears throat> security guard goes like, you know, you got lucky, right? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you know, he, usually when people see him here, they, he never stops for anyone. He just keeps on moving. I'm like, word? He's just like, word. He's like, you know, like from the sounds of it, it looked like you knew him. So like, that's why I kind of didn't do anything about it. I, like, you sounded like you knew him. I'm like, really? And I talked to Alex. I'm like, bro, did I sound like I was calling him like I knew? It's like, yeah, bro. Like, so I come back. I'm like, dog, I just met T.I. I'm like, bro, anytime we go uh, to meet, if we meet a celeb, I'm going to be the groupie one because I'll just always likes to be too cool for school. So he's like, he, he's the too, school, too cool for school guy. I'll take the blame. I'll take the, the fanboy. And I'm okay with that because I know it can lead to opportunities and I don't mind looking whack by being a fanboy because, you know, we got we to gotta get these guys on the pod. But whatever. But Alex, bruv. All right. So let me give my Talk to me. So we're at Magic City. Uh, this is not 1.30 p.m. This is like 3 o'clock in the morning now. Remember, because this is when we're leaving. Oh, shit. It was that late? Yeah, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, Remember, take this into, into consideration. The security guards have AK-47s. Yeah, this is an open carry state, guys. Open carry state, AK-47s. And CI comes there, and it's late at night. And so we're like, hmm, is this the best time to approach TI to say what's up? You get what I'm saying? That's what, that's what, I was, that's what I'm coming from. You know, like, hey, if it was InvestFest and TI is there, of course, we're going to approach, you know. But at Magic City at 3 o'clock in the morning, it's a different CI. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I'm going to get the, the uh, business respect that we're going to get from meeting T.I., you know, at, at 3 a.m. in the morning. And that's why I didn't really want to go, because, like, it's not the right time. Like, I like to meet people on a mutual ground, you know. Um, like, when we when we met Chameleonaire, we met Chameleonaire in Afrotech. That was on mutual ground. We were, on the, we were in the VIP section of Afrotech, and, um, you know, we talked we talk tech with Chameleonaire, exchanged numbers, and it was like a, a perfect exchange, you know. And that's and compare that to meeting T.I., I'm like, nah, this ain't, this ain't the... This ain't the right time to be on that kind of wave, but, you know? But, bro, Atlanta... Let me not. And then my guy Owen goes up, right? And the way he, he said he called T.I. was not the way he called T.I. My man goes to T.I. and is like, T.I. T.I. And I'm like, bro, what is this guy doing now? He's about to get shot. <laughs> so, so uh, I'm hearing, I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna, this is gonna go sideways. And Ti, Ti standing there, and he's standing sideways, not paying Owen any attention. So Owen keeps calling, Ti, Ti, and Ti turns and is like, yes. <laughs> and he turns with the most like annoying like state of of posture possible. Um, and every security guy's like, oh, what's going to happen? What's going on? <laughs> so he walks up, and you know what I, I deep is that T.I. realizes that Owen does not have an Atlanta accent. And is like, okay, this is not a person that's a regular Magic City, Atlanta, Atlantin, whatever the people from Atlanta people call themselves. Atlanta. 
<laughs> you're gonna get someone on your ass, man. <laughs> you keep saying that, but people are gonna get on your ass. Um, and yeah, so so um, that's that's what I was like, yo, you you out here doing your thing, you know? Like I I couldn't I I wasn't going going out like that, you know? So that's why I'm like, all right, go. You want to go for it? Go for it, bro. But uh, yeah, you can, you could say you met Ti. Ish. Can't take that away from me. Ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, like, what are the odds, bro? Like, honestly, I mean, the odds are kind of high, but very I mean, high I, to see Ti Magic. Very scene. high, yeah. but like, but at that particular night, it's not. It's not like we can say we could have gone next week and he could not have popped up. So, it was the right place, right moment, just right day, and we did not come to Atlanta thinking, "Yo, you're gonna meet Ti." Like, no. You know what's funny, bro? So I come to back to work like on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and I get on a call with like one of the guys at work. He's like, "Hey, bro, like, how's Atlanta, man? Did you meet Ti?" And then I said, "Yes, I actually did." <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me, dude!" I'm like, "No, I swear, I actually did." So I tell them the whole story, and they're like yeah. laughing their heads off. They're like, "No way, man!" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." So it's just funny how he asked me, "Yo, did you meet Ti?" Like, I don't know where. I'm like, yes, I actually did, bruv. So, but yo, that handshake he gave Broski was like firm. That just, he just is like, yo, respects my guy. So he knows, he knows us. He knows the face. So yeah, man, you know, if we meet T.I. again, please do not bring this up and ask if he, if he remembers you, <laughs> please do not do that. Do not. So do not. I just gotta. I, I gotta reintroduce myself. Reintroduce man. yourself all the way through. Don't be like. You remember me, man? Remember that I met you sitting in Atlanta? Three? No. <laughs> do not do that, please. Please do not do that. Hey, he might say, "Yo, I met you." At, like, what if he brings it up first? I'll be like, "If he oh, brings yeah, it up first, yeah. he brings it up first. But please do yeah, not. You, you're that. You're, you're probably like. How, can you do your Ti accent? I can't do a Ti a Ti accent. All I know He's is like, like he, he says long, long ass words. You know. Like, I, I do indeed you know it's like you talk like I that I do yeah indeed I do but um tip. but not like, yeah. tip Harris yeah but uh please yeah if we, when we meet T.I. again you know speak that into existence when he comes on the pod bro that, when he comes on the great, podcast uh, yeah please do not because he will be come like, on the pod guys remember, remember that time <laughs> do not do not alright he'll be here so let's talk about um let's get back to InvestFest though. Um some of the, the panels that we really liked was um the Max Maxwell, I think his name is. Um the mm-hmm. gentleman that was talking about real estate. That was one of my top favorites as well. And we really had some principles that um were you know that transferred across businesses, you know, that I need to apply to my agency. This like, you know, recording more of myself, firing myself from different positions, hiring right. And um, you know, treating it like 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 a like a, a scalable company and and getting myself out, you know. So I was like, man, it was so good to hear another black man uh, say that because it's like, all right, he's done it and he got to the next level. Now it's time for me to, to do it and get to the next level as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like a you can do it too moment. Sure, yeah, yeah, I would say that most definitely. Shout out to Pharrell. Exactly. Yeah. Man, um, it was it was it was dope to see. It was dope to see. I feel like next year they will probably have Steve Stout. They probably have um, Hove, Hove. You know what I'm saying, um, I, bro? Like the way Earn Your Leisure is moving, man. Like it just seems like there's endless possibilities for them. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? For they sure. got so much support. 
I mean, anything they they got the Midas touch right now for sure. Like, like, and I know there must be a hard ton of white people trying to get in too. Like, I know Gary V must have been like banging at the door. <laughs> Let me in, bro. Let me in, guys. Uh, I'm trying to hack culture. I'm trying to hack culture, guys. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'll, I'll give value. Let's talk about value. NFTs. Yo, man, Gary V would die to be at InvestFest. You know what I'm saying? He'll kill. You know, you know. Shout out to Gary V. Shout out to Gary V, man. Yeah, Shout out to culture hacking, bro. Mm-hmm. We actually spoke about this as we were vlogging outside of. Uh, what do you think Georgia. about? What do you think about his, his his take on culture hacking? Let's talk about that. I just think it's culture vulturing, bro. That's what it is. It's not culture hacking. I think black culture is pop is popping. It's hot. It gets black culture is American culture, bro. Like plain and simple: food, dancing, music, sports. Uh, where lingo everything it starts everything every product every platform that we're on right now facebook instagram twitter um clubhouse okay yo clubhouse man that just let's bring that to top of the list bro mm-hmm. clubhouse all these platforms all these businesses all are built behind of black culture so when you hear a guy like Gary V talk and talk and talk he knows to really have influence. He really needs to be within the in crowd of black Twitter, black culture. That's why you saw him in all these videos with Nip. We with uh, uh what was that rapper you told me again, bro? Jeezy, Gunna. Jeezy, Gunna. And he's just he's just talking to them and recording them. By him being in their presence, to us it looks, oh wow, Gary Vee's like cool with these guys. Okay, I guess he's uh that guy to listen to because black culture is hot. It's the main thing. To, it's the best way to market. It's the best target group to go to if you're really looking to get your product going. I wrote an article about this, about Cash App, and how they really infiltrated the whole space, and now it's part of culture. Cash App me, right? Venmo didn't do that. Venmo went to, like, the peer-to-peer, like, Uber strategy, but that didn't work. But they went to Joe Budden. They went to – who did they else did they go to? Um, a bunch of different folks to really promote the app. So I say that to say this, Gary V knows what he's doing. He knows by being with the culture, he will get a lot of uh, love. Got you. Got What's you. your take, bro? Before you yeah, uh, take, no, like, I want to pick your brain a little bit more. Quick, okay, all right. Um, yeah, take a pause real quick. Yeah, let's take a quick pause. It'll let you go to the bathroom and come back and keep going. So yeah, bro, let's, let's, let's get back into it. Let's get it. So, bro, let me, let me uh, give you some pushback. So, you know, he also would hack culture in terms of, like, Pokemon cards, NFTs, you know, Star Wars. Like, you had that Baby Yoda. He was, like, one of the people behind Baby Yoda. Or, like, Peanut Butter, where he had that Baby Peanut Butter in the Super Bowl ad. You know, so it's not just black culture. He hacks all cultures. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So... Let me put, put, give you some pushback there. That's not just about black culture. It's about a culture around a specific thing that he tries to hack to, um, you know, leverage that for monetary good. Gain, not good. You know, so that's kind of the pushback I could give. Uh, it's not just that. Like, if you look at his ads on um, he kind of goes deeper into that and shows what he's done. So it's not just, so he'll have Gatorade ads, Pepsi ads, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when you say the culture, bro, mm-hmm. what comes to mind? So at first I used to think black culture, and that, and that's what um, I'm, I'm I'm trying to like show you. Like 
Um, there's there's different like Star Wars culture isn't black culture. Of course, no, it's not. You know what I'm saying? So is Kool Aid Jam black culture? Kool Aid Jam? Kool Aid, yeah. Mm. Ish. You know what I'm saying? So, so everybody hates Chris. That what that's what comes to mind, right? You know, Julius. You can't let you drop a little drink, drop a Kool Aid. That's like three cents a drop. <laughs> Don't kill me. That is that his pops. I would say that. <laughs> You're like that's ninety nine cents of peanut butter you just wasted there, boy. Yeah, because like, you're wasting food, right? So he's so mm-hmm. frugal with everything. So I mean, if you drop a little Kool Aid, bro, like shout out to Julius, man. Julius or Mr. Omar. Tragic. 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 Yeah, word. So, so But yeah, man, I, I hear you. I hear you on that, man. You make a lot of sense. Um, you know, predominantly when you think about the culture, you think about the most popular culture, which is of course Black culture. Influenced by black culture. Mm-hmm. So back to the whole Gary V thing when you know I didn't I mean yeah, you bring a good point about the cards and the Pokemon and whatever. But the thing that stood out to me when he said the culture, he started hanging out with all these rappers and influencers within the community to really be cool with them. Like he's not just like another like business guy on, you know, Madison Avenue, just talking about business. Like he is hip with the in crowd. So that was, that was where I was coming from with it. Yeah. But I see your point. You make sense. You make sense. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, like, Star Wars culture doesn't belong to anybody. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. not um, something that gets pillaged like black culture does. So, you know, yeah, you make mm-hmm. points too, but um, I definitely feel like he he is an equal opportunity, equal opportunist um, culture appropriator or, you know, someone who, who leverages that for the brands he works with. Like, if you look at VaynerMedia.com, mm-hmm. like, you'll see, you know, Kevin Hart, um, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, Gabrielle Union, you know, there's not as much white people on the platform as there is on, as there is black people. It's not white is black or it's like smart influencers who went viral, but it's not as much mm-hmm. black people. So then you both have, you both have points here. Um, and it, it's, it's real. It's, it's real. And it's a thing that once someone gets hot, white people will start knocking on the doors and ask them to, to represent their brands without giving them any type of ownership or participating in their brands. So, it's an important conversation we should have. Word. Word. So now let's, let's, let's keep going, though, with, with this recap, you know. And I don't think this, this, this talk is going to mm-hmm. be like a whole hour. Like, we, we, I think it's probably like 40 minutes, 40, 45, you know. But um, let, let's talk about Sunday, you know. So we kind of wrapped up Saturday. Um, we had some really good talks. We some of them that we missed. Oh my god! We missed, we missed Wall Street Wall Street Trapper, which was a big one, <sighs> and we also missed um, Ian Dunlap, which is another big one. And um, well, and I'm sad I missed those two. You know, I need to catch the recordings of those. Let let them let them know why Guan, bro. Why did we miss those recordings? Let's let's take it back to the beginning we, when Alex Whip was making the bookings. Well. No, well, we we missed Ian and Wall Street because we were late. You know what I'm saying? Was that in the morning? By the way, like, they're in the morning. Perhaps? They're in the morning. They're in the morning. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. We were having breakfast because we were out like late at night, bro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we we had breakfast. It's a sunglasses and Advil type of morning, guys. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so so we got there, we got there late, and that and 
looking back, I'm like, man, we, we I feel like we, we, we didn't put, we pushed it a little too much. I'm like, dang, like, I'm not saying we should have done it. I'm saying we pushed it a little too much because, because we were late to investors and that's what we came there for. You know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, I missed um, Ian speak. And I really want to learn more about stocks. I feel, I feel like I need someone to person sit me down and be like, this is what, this is what stock you need to invest in. This is what stocks really are. Like I still need to learn more. Like even, even though I'm investing in, you know, um, QQQ and crypto, um, crypto and oh, Air Canada yeah. and a little bit of Apple. And like, I still like, I'm getting my feet wet, but like, I still want to like have, I think I need someone to sit me down. Like I'm like a person to person learner. Mm-hmm. So I was really looking forward to that. Hopefully I can find a recording of that to, uh, um, learn more from, from Ian, but, and, and Wall Street Trapper, cause they're serious. We met Wall Street Trapper and took a picture with him. You know, and hopefully we can get him on the podcast. That would be a great conversation. You know, his story is mm-hmm. incredible. So, um, yeah, that was just why we missed that. That was to answer your question. Um, on the day two, though, we did get to see a few really good um, um, panels. We got to see Julian, um, who is a, a multifamily unit um, investor. We got to see a panel on, on um, Airbnb and Turo. And it's that, that sharing economy um, mm-hmm. um, platform industry, you know what I'm saying? So it was really good to, to learn from them. I think the the most insightful one was um, multifamily units. Just because like learning that they when you're going to get a multifamily unit, that they account for um, the profit that you'd get from a multifamily unit in um, your actual income. So you can increase mm-hmm. the um, down payment that you'd have is uh, such a big gem that I was like, wow, like why am I not looking to get a multifamily unit? You know, because for mm-hmm. for example, if if uh, me and my girl have 10k that we put together, and now we have 20k to get invest in a down payment um, for a multifamily unit, you can um, you know include the profit, and that could be like say 30k, and instead of getting a, a place like only has 20k for down payment you can now get places as 50k um or 50 plus the 20 so that's um uh, 70 as a down payment which is a lot more right so i was like damn that's that's incredible i i should have known that you know um so that that's why i'm, I'm happy to be there you know it's super important to be in rooms where you're not the smartest one you know, as cliche as it sounds, like you hear it all the time, if you're the smartest one in the room, then you're in the wrong rooms, you know? and wrong room. It, it, it's so true. Yeah. Like, it, I definitely did not feel like the smartest one in the room. Definitely did not feel like the richest person in the room. It's very humbling, right? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was just good to be in those spaces where, you know, you can learn from people, you can network. Um, we met some really interesting people that I, we came with to bring on the pod and show you and talk to you. So, yeah, man, I'm excited about that, so... Most definitely. What about you, bro? What, what do you think of Sunday? Uh, Sunday, I mean, everything from what you've said and what I mentioned earlier, uh, especially the real estate panel, like it was so eye-opening to me because I think what thing we, when we think about real estate, we view it from a very one-dimensional way, especially if you're a rookie coming into it. The thing about real estate, guys, is you really have to do your homework. And one thing that stood out to me, there are deals that look like good deals, 
and they're bad deals, which look like like they're deals that look bad, but they're actually great deals. It just depends on how you position it. Mm -hmm. So my biggest takeaway was, you know, when I came in, I always saw real estate as this one dimensional way. You know, you can take advantage of the first home buyers uh, availability the government gives and buy a home, put some tenants in there and make money. But there's so many other ways that you can actually get real estate property without really needing the upfront capital. And one thing that stood out to me was uh, I even wrote it down here. There's something that um, <clears throat> when, you, when you're looking for anything in life, there's something called a success triangle, right? Mm -hmm. There is knowledge and experience, money, and opportunity. So if you're getting into real estate, you first have to be an opportunity person. You have to go do the, the, the gritty work, the, in the trenches, finding opportunities that you think could be a solid, solid steal that has high upside. Now you don't need to go find the money, knowledge, and experience. You can easily attain that. You can easily, okay, I know someone with money. I know someone with experience and they can help me put this deal together. Start from there. With as little as you have, start from there. Mm -hmm. So when he broke that down from uh, even even Caesar, Caesar Pena from New Jersey, mm -hmm. right? They they dropped so much game on how you can really accumulate property by actually just being a great person who knows how to assess deals. So if you're coming into real estate, you need to be someone who can who who understands how to assess a deal. And that's one thing I picked up on all of them. They know the angles. They can see a house. They can like look at it. That's a beat up property. It's a uh, 200K, but I, I know in five years I can get that for 700K. You as a person coming into real estate, you're not going to be able to learn that from year one. You have to really be in this game for the long haul. And if you're going to real estate, I mean, everybody knows it's a long-term play, but I think you just really have to be mentally aware of other forces at play that you can really use to your advantage which is knowing the deals, knowing to find the money, knowing who to call, who to leverage for their experience. And then you can find yourself building wealth over time. Uh, his name was, uh, what was his name? Chris, the guy Chris who, Senegal? Yeah, like the one who started now, he has like a bunch of employees. He started off just searching for that one deal and now he has over many different properties. Um, so there's Chris, there's Maxwell, um, Maxwell. Yeah, that's him. Maxwell. Yeah, yeah. Maxwell. He was really inspired because if you look at this guy, he started from just nothing and he just built himself up deal after deal after deal. And his business is doing 800 K in revenue a year just from sourcing good deals. Mm -hmm. So that was really inspiring. It really gave me a lot of confidence and it just helped me change. It was a paradigm shift for me. I, I cleaned the way of thinking and I put on a new hat of thinking and you know, my old thinking was, it was right, but it just exposed me to a new way of seeing things that I wasn't really aware of before. Mm -hmm. No, no. Yeah. That, Max had a lot of big gems. Um, so I'm happy that, uh, I got to see that cause that's really important, you know? Yeah. And that, that kind of brings me to, to one of the things that I think still needs to happen is, you know, having those small, small tables, because having these big rooms, well, I don't know if it could happen like in a room like this, right? Because it's interesting, you know, um, 
with a panel like this is great, but being able to actually ask questions and have a Q&A, I think will make it so much better, you know? Like, hold up. Oh, I don't think it's sneezing. All right, never mind. I thought I was going to sneeze. You know, when someone's so far on stage and there's 4,000 people in the room, you don't get the chance to really ask questions. You don't really get a chance to um, interact with the guest. You know, it's kind of just like they come. Ah, there it is. And they, um, you, you, you listen and they, and they just move on, you know. Mm. There's, there's still, I think, a big opportunity to interact with guests and really have them have a more in-depth conversation. You know, I think it could be a lot more impactful with, for people. You know, so this lets me know that the opportunity is still out there um, versus, you know, just coming in, sitting down, you know. But I just wanted to, to mention that because, you know, when people, even with, with uh, um, Sleepers for Suckers, David Chance, uh, you know, people were supposed to text questions in, but barely anybody did it for the Q&A in his panel. Um, and I just feel like it's, it's so far, it's, it's so far removed that there isn't a feeling of, I can ask a question, I can, you know, um, be valid and, and won't embarrass myself if I ask a question, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of like some of my, my thoughts on that, um, as well. And what do you think, what do you lessons learn in terms of the comments itself? Like, what do you think they could have improved on? Yo, edit that out. Okay. Yeah. Burp? Yeah, I just like burp, bro. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, things I think they could improve on. I think the the conference room was really cold. It was really cold. Oh, the they made yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah, like the the venue where everyone was like listening to the fireside chats. It was freezing. Mm -hmm. Especially since everyone is like dressed in shorts and t-shirts and everything. And like they cranked up the AC in there. Mm -hmm. It made it so hard to really enjoy the talks because I found myself just rubbing my skin just so I can generate body heat so I can stay warm. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I think they could have done better. I think um, having a pamphlet of the itinerary would have helped a lot more. We were looking for like the breakdown, the talks, the times and everything. But we had to go to Universe dot com like the ticket website to see where is that and it wasn't even communicated so we were just like walking around aimlessly like okay where is the thing to watch these what's the timings for this so yeah, yeah. that was that I, I think that was uh one thing they could have like really improved upon but man for what they did in that amount of time i just Incredible. think it was like really well executed man really really well executed to find staff, to find vendors, to find, to book everyone that they booked in that short amount of time, because people have so much going on that you need to book them way in advance mm -hmm. for these type of talks, which goes to show that people really wanted to support them. So they did, they canceled everything to get them there. Most definitely. Most definitely. No, I think it was probably one of the, the first of its kind that's going to, last a decade and it's going to permeate through like the world. I think it's going to be like a invest fest type of thing that happened in Toronto. There's going to be one that happens in the UK. There's going to be one that happens mm -hmm. in Africa where artists, you know, um, financial literacy and, you know, culture can combine together, you know, um, and have something that's just for the people strictly, um, so to get them to that next level in their life. 
because that's what's been needed. That's been the gap. That's been what people have been preying on to, uh, you know, leverage for themselves to get monetary gain. So now mm -hmm. it's time for that pendulum to switch and us to have that, that pen, that, you know, monetary gain point mm -hmm. blank period. Let's work towards wrapping up, man. I, Go I got a question for What's you, up? bro. Do you have any regrets about the event? I would think, I feel like we should have went earlier. You know, like, like I feel like uh, on Sunday, um, I was laying in bed and I was like, man, like I feel like I should have just ordered Uber, ordered just Reeves. social media surfing. No, nah, I was just, um, I was, I was like, I was like, you know, hungover, and I was like, ah, I was still sleeping. Let me figure out. Like, you know, I was just groggy. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, I should just got up ASAP and been like, fuck Get breakfast, the shower, you know, fuck breakfast. You, you know, let's just go straight there and and network more. You know, and leverage the time. And I feel like we should have left the, one of the, the panels earlier and gone to network. You know. Um, because mm -hmm. that could have been a little bit better of an experience, but I, I felt I felt sick though, so I I had to like spend some time in the washroom, get myself together, and luckily it worked because I was feeling groggy as hell, you know. So, um, so happens when the liquor gets to you, man. You just wake up, your voice is nasally, your nose is plugged up. Mm -hmm. We were we were lifeless, bro. Yeah, <laughs> for we were lifeless time. for a while. Luckily, um. Luckily, you got got. Yeah, you have to together. use a like. You have, you have to drain out your body of all that liquor, man. Exactly, exactly. Drink lots yeah. of water, you know. Must puke a bit, and then just get yeah. back to it. Yeah, man. We, we can't, we can't, we can't close this without telling them our traveling back to Toronto. Oh right? yeah, yeah, that's a fact, bro. Like fact. I was like, there's no way we're wrapping this up without telling them what happened. That's a fact. So, so yeah, let me break it down because because it's, it's my doing. This, this you is know? you. So, yep. um, basically the way, yeah, listen to this, <laughs> the, way we, the way we got, we got there is, um, um, I had the bright idea to use my T T D X Expedia reward points. Right. Cause I'm like, listen, this is the one time I can use my, my credit card to my advantage, you know, I'll take advantage of all them points. So I go to Expedia and, um, we're trying to find a time and there's no time to leave on Sunday evening. Everything is Sunday morning. And I'm messaging on, I'm like, yo, there's no time to book this at all. Um, that was the first thing. Then there was like one um, flight in the evening and that was like triple the price of, of the regular day flights. So I'm like, what the heck? So um, I finally see a, a flight and it had like one layover it looked like um, in Orlando. So I'm like, bet, let's go. So I find that and I get the hotel all in one package and I buy it. And I think it was like, like two grand for the whole thing, which was phenomenal, right? For a flight and hotel stay in Atlanta, um, at a four star hotel. So you get that. And I'm thinking it's roses and peaches all the way through. You get to the hotel now, I mean, you get to the airport on your way back and it is the exact opposite. It is. No, bro. Uh, we were we were listening to the crypto talk. Yeah. And I started looking at it's around like four. It's around uh, maybe five o'clock. And I started looking at the ticket information. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, because I know we have to go get a negative test to be boarding that Delta flight back to like to Toronto at the end of the day. So we got to go find a CVS pharmacy. Yep. So I'm looking at Expedia. I'm like, okay, 
Atlanta to Orlando. I'm like, whoa, what, what the fr- Orlando? What? And then I looked below that Orlando to Detroit, then Detroit to Atlanta. But that flight to Orlando was at 1045 and we're arriving there at, uh, at 12 ish. Mm-hmm. Right. So then six hour layover from 12 AM flight to Detroit is six Oh five till, uh, eight. And then we're in our Detroit from eight thirty, where our flight to Toronto is not until one forty five PM. So I look at this at where the conference, I'm like, bruh, did you, did you just peep this? Like, this is where we're doing tonight. Yeah. And even the people at Delta airlines, they were like, yo, what the hell is this? You guys are going around the world. It's like been around the world and now. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much how it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we go to CVS pharmacy. They're like, rah, pharmacy's closed. You can't get a negative test. So we're, we go to the clinic. They're like, no, we're no, we're not doing PCR or antigen tests. So literally we're, we're screwed at this point. So we get back in the vehicle. We're like, you know what? Let's just go to the airport. <laughs> you know what? We'll find a way there. Yeah. Cause we got to return the enterprise car by 7 PM. So we had to re- return that late. So we're just chilling at the airport, wondering like what's next, trying to switch our flight. So we're like, you know, what? let's just go to Orlando. We'll deal with this later as we come back to Toronto. And yeah, man. <laughs> it was a horrible flight. It was almost a 24 hour flight. This to get from it was horrendous. Atlanta back to Toronto. To Toronto, the, which is a two-hour flight. It's a two-hour flight. And it was it was probably the worst way to, to do it. And all the flights were sold out. There was no way to do it. So it was horrible. And in, my, and in Florida, in Orlando, everybody had their mask off. One family had a mask off in the plane. I was like, dog, this is disgusting. People did not care. It's it's it was really uh, annoying to see. Like it's one thing like if you're outside, if you're in the airport in like a corner or like you know where nobody is, but like to be in a plane and to have your whole family take your your mask off, it was just disrespectful to everybody on the flight, you know. And um, because bro, if we catch COVID, <laughs> yeah, like we got it, like. Yeah. So if we catch COVID, we can't even come back to Toronto because we haven't even done our negative tests yet. Mm-hmm. So imagine we get to, to Michigan, to Romulus, where we end up getting our tests. Then we test positive. Yeah. We're stuck in Detroit out of all cities. Yeah. 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 And these people are just so like selfish on, on having their own way and imposing their beliefs on you that they, they can't even have the decency just to wear a mask. So this gives us the peace of mind, at least, you know what I'm saying? Like, and they were, and or someone actually walked to them and told them, Hey, you should have your mask on. And then just put it on their chin. And I'm like, yo, <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. Yeah. Life in America is different, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll continue on with the thing. So we go to the emergency, we get our thing. We drop two bills, USD to get these tests get done. The we test. had no other choice yep. guys. We had no other choice. We had to pay, like we had to pay out of our own pocket. I mean, as if we have another option, but we had to pay. Um, so we go back to the, to Delta. You know what happened actually guys before? So we actually go trying to check into the flight cause we were on standby for a flight at 10 AM that land in Toronto at like 11, 10. We go there, 
we're showing our negative test, which we took like a couple of days before flying. And buddy at the check-in station is just like, nah, guys, you got to go find a negative test. Like there was so much resistance, so much resistance. We're like, you're out. You're like, I'm vaccinated. I'm vaccinated whatever. He asked me, oh, are you vaccinated? I'm like, no, I'm not. But I have like this negative test I did. He's like, I'm sorry, guys. You got to go find a negative test to board this one o'clock flight. You have two hours to do it. So we're scrambling at the airport trying to find like an emergency place. He gives us a suggestion. We call the place. We get the Uber. We go there. We come back. We uh, the the cute uh, Uber. My, may I add? <laughs> the what? The Uber that you thought was cute. Oh yeah, yeah. And Al <laughs> decides to play a prank on me to like tell her like, oh yeah, Owen like thinks you're cute. Like da 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 da. I'm like, oh my god. So Word. yeah. Shout so we him. get our tests. We come back. And I was telling Alex, you know, this guy at the station gave us such a hard time about these tests. I was just like, I wanted to shove this negative test in his face. I'm like, you freaking going to fucking, fucking test. You know what I'm saying? Because we just had to go all the way to Romulus, Michigan to get this test done. So we get on the flight. And this is where things get interesting, guys. Coming back to Toronto, this was a big wake-up call for us. Big wake-up call. This is how the Americans do it. We told you how the Americans do it, but the way the Canadians do it, straight militant. (laughs) Straight militant. I swear, guys, it felt like you were going through so many stages. So I go check in. Are you declaring anything? You do whatever, whatever. Uh, How long are you there for? I'm like, are you vaccinated? I'm like, nah. So he gives me this pamphlet that says, you have to stay in a quarantine hotel. So I immediately get freaked out. I'm like, ow, I thought you said I'm not staying in a quarantine hotel. It's like, no, 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 you're good, you're good, bro. So I'm like, yeah, you have to go get vaccinated again. So we go tested, through tested, these like yeah. tested, text tested. So we go through these like alleyways or whatever. We have to download this app. We had to get a negative test. So they test us and everything. And we order our Ubers because we're so like nervous because we don't know what else they might be thinking about. We're going to call that Owen and Alex guy back. They forgot to do this, 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 and that. We got to take them to this specific room and ask them questions. If they interact with everyone, like I was, I was thinking all these obscure ideas that might happen. And I'm like, ah, like I'm not taking the union bus back home. Like I'm taking a vehicle. And I'm going back to the crib. So yeah, but guys, if you're traveling back from America, you're not to download this arrive can app. You know, I have to put in your information where you're quarantining. Um, they at, they emailed me today to check in that I'm at the crib. You know, the vid police might knock on your door and see if you're still, if you're quarantining. So I'm ready for a knock to come in and you open. But uh, we're here in our chambers. We're quarantining. Al is ordering Instacart. I'm stocked up for a couple more days. But uh, quarantine life, man. Quarantine life. This is this is what you gotta do when you travel, man. You gotta stay at the crib for fourteen days. Alex is at his house by himself. His missus had to go to his her mom's house. So this is life and traveling in twenty twenty one, everyone. Yeah, that's a fact. Jeez. So this is also to clarify for anybody who's thinking about traveling. When you come back to Canada, right? You first you have to fill out an app that wants your whole life. They wanna know Everything. where you at where you were, they want to know everything about you. You know, they, they want your social security's number. Um, they want your roommate's um, health. 
They want to know how much you weigh. They want to know who's in the crib. Who's in the crib. You know what I'm saying? They want to know what you had for dinner the, the last night. All that. Um, then after, you have to sign up on another um, web web portal um, called, what was it? Click Switch it? Health. Switch Health. Yeah, another one. And then after, once you're, you've gone through both of those, then you can actually board the plane. Um, and once you get out of there, then they come and ask you a whole bunch of questions saying, have you brought anything in? Da, 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 da. And then after that, you get ushered in to, to get another COVID test after you're done. When we, we just did a COVID test two hours ago and we're like, guys, we got a ne- have a negative test. We did it within hours. Yeah. Like, nope, you got to get tested again. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Everyone has to get tested again. So after a, after a 24 hour flight borderline, getting another test was like, can you just, can you get away from me, please? Just get away. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, that that's just the process, y'all, if you think about traveling from Canada to anywhere, because getting back is the mission, you know. But um, that's that on that, guys. That wraps up the podcast. If you have any questions, just want to chop it up with us and, and uh, network, feel free to send us a DM at 247Hustler. Make sure you p- pick up some merch at hustleovereverything.co. Make sure you're supporting the brand, you know, scoop a chef up a t-shirt, mug, mm. hat, whatever. And keep supporting the brand, man. It makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. It helps us um, keep going, keep the pot alive. So the brand's got legs. The brand's got legs. You need some shoes to support it. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, everybody, that wraps the podcast. Tell what you can't control. So control your grind. I control your life. I'm Alex. And I'm Owen. And that's also over everything podcast, y'all. Peace. Peace out. Thank you so much for listening. The conversation continues on our Instagram at 247Hustler. We post very frequently. And be sure to check out our merch at hustleovereverything.co. We have some amazing sweaters, hats, mugs, and a lot more. Lastly, our Proud to Pay program is linked in the description below. Thank you so much for your support. Talk to you next Monday. Peace.